This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, did you make that for me? Plus, Biz feels like a fair ride. Teresa is ready for stuff to start getting easier. And we talk to Alyssa Quart, author of Squeezed, Why Our Families Can't Afford America. Woo! Again, sometimes wooing after some of our intros doesn't feel appropriate. <laughs> so true. Yeah. We can't Yay! afford anything! Yay! <laughs> Everyone's working three jobs! <laughs> I know, fucking really hard! Woo! Yay! Ha! Huh. Mm-hmm. Teresa. Yeah. Let's turn to something more uplifting. Okay. How are you? Great. <laughs> I, I'm ready for things to start getting easier. Okay. Let's see. I don't even know. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what are, like, the relevant <laughs> shitty things to mention? Like, which <laughs> shitty things are, like, worth, like, bringing right. into this little anecdote? Yeah. There's lots to choose from. So um, many. But, like, I think first and foremost is in my mind is that... During the, like, couple weeks that we were on a little, like, break hiatus, um, one of those weeks, my uh, six-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Gracie, spent some days with her grandparents Mm -hmm. in Northern California and had a wonderful time, and it was a good break for everyone in the family, and all was well. However, the, like, re-entry phase of like her coming back to like reality and not being like the center of everyone's attention and like not having like fun shit planned for her every single day and like and like having to get like back on her routine and stuff has been very challenging and yeah bumpy would be a good description so there's just been a lot of drama surrounding that so that happened I guess like three weeks ago. Mm. And we're starting to like shift into the starting to like come out on the other side of that. Like okay. we're starting to get like this morning was like still hard, but like kind of normal hard. It wasn't uh. like it wasn't totally crazy. Like I was super overwhelmed. It was just like normal hard. Normal hard. Anyways, over the weekend, Jesse went to Comic Con and he was very thoughtful of his parental duties and like did as short of an amount of time at comic-con as he possibly could like most people were there for the weekend he like got up early took the train on saturday and like came back saturday night night. yeah which was good but it was also like a full day with the kids and for some reason it hadn't been on my calendar so like i wasn't planning on it and i had like planned a play date for oscar and then i had to figure out something for a play date, whatever, a whole complicated day. And it was just a lot of work. And then, like, that morning, we had, like, a major temper tantrum situation to deal with. And then on our way to take Gracie to her friend's house, I just, like, ran into the curb with my car and got, like, a flat tire. Like, a really bad flat tire. Like, I got out of the car. Like, it was just, like, bumping. I was like, oh, the curb. And then I got out of the car and I could hear, and I was like, what? And luckily, we were in front of her friend's house. Like, oh, so we, goodness. like, you yeah. know. 
And, you know, we have AAA, whatever. Like, we, yeah. we dealt with it, but that was our morning. Yeah, that's and, a big chunk. You know, and yeah. so then, like, Oscar was upset. So we had to deal with that. Curtis was overtired. He was supposed to nap in the car. That couldn't happen. Yeah. You know, everything was just hard. And so then once we, like, get the spare on the car... God. We go, we get back home. At this point, I'm like, you know, we can't go do what we were going to do, Oscar. Sorry. Like, yeah. we have to yeah, go home and, like, do this other stuff because Curtis needs to nap and blah, blah, blah. And Oscar lost his mind yeah. because he'd been all worked up for this activity we planned to do and now we weren't going to do it. And also by now he was too tired yeah. and, like, he'd been waiting around for a really long time. Ugh. So I had... So much screaming at me on yeah. Saturday morning, like so much directed at me, sad, tired, understandable, sure, but like real child screaming and crying at me. And yeah. I'm the only one there. And just, you know, Jesse's like supportive by text right, and like right. feels really bad that this is happening. But like, and I have it all, like, I can handle all of it. It just fucking sucks, you know? Yeah. And like, as this is all happening, I just had this feeling like there was this part of me that was like feeling, you know, what a lot of us we've talked about feeling before, which is like, I, I wish like someone could see me doing all of this right, right now. Like I wish, I wish that like all this work that I'm doing was not just like this personal internal thing yeah. that like only my family sees me doing. Right. I wish I could have some like exterior like acknowledgement yes. for all my hard work. But, like, that wasn't, I thought about it some more, and that wasn't, like, exactly it. Because I was thinking, like, I'm also kind of over it. Like, I'm also kind of, I'm so tired of, like, reporting shit that's happened to me. (laughs) Because it's, like, so, it's, like, so interwoven into just my daily life all the time. Like, the tire was not even as hard as the tantrum that morning. Like, the tire, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and the tantrums are regular. Like, that stuff is, like, so much harder and, like, so much more just something that somebody doesn't understand or like the weight of that is so much worse all of these things like I got to the point where I was like I'm not as much as it would be nice to be acknowledged for what I'm doing like I'm so tired of like trying to like find outlets to like let people know what a good job I'm doing (laughs) I would so much rather at the or even just to like feel good about myself like even just to be like yeah I can do this I'm awesome right I'm I'm more just like I know I can do this and like that's not that exciting to me anymore (laughs) like like you know know. what I mean yeah I traveled yeah like right like I no longer get the thrill yes of success yes exactly like back when I like first had two or back when I first had three it was like I was really kind of like up to the challenge yeah. like I was like this is gonna be really hard and there's gonna be like yeah. some shitty days but like I can do this and yeah. that's exciting like it's exciting to like have a new challenge and like do it you right know? and I'm so over that yeah. now like yeah. now that's not special to me anymore <laughs> like I've, I've achieved that I've done yeah. the hard stuff now I, I would think. like now I feel, to enjoy the now easy let's stuff. just make it easier yeah. now let's just go back to stuff being kind of <laughs> easier it yeah. can still be kind of hard right. but just like a little bit easier yeah please yeah. that would be so nice and I don't need acknowledgement anymore yeah. thank you that was fun yeah. I've done my I've done a great job now I, I know I've done the heroin yeah. I just want the weed to feel good again yes <laughs> that's it wow that is I'm I, I don't even I don't, I don't know I don't what you should say because yeah because I understand this yeah because like yeah, because, like, that's sort of what I'm dealing with, too. The uh-huh. whole, like, 
noise. Like I say, I feel like I'm a fair ride because I am both the vehicle and the thing constantly surrounded with noise. Like Ellis is a, getting to be a big kid. Uh-huh. He's halfway to he's five. Gonna be, he's more than halfway to five. I know. He's, he's going to be five, be really five in November. Yeah. And he still wants to be carried. He still wants to sit in my lap at story time. He still Uh wants to wiggle and jump and needs snuggles and needs to be physically on me Uh all the time. Uh And so, like, I'm like, ah! And so that plus, like you said, the noise at you. Like, it's at you. Yeah. And it's directed It's so much noise at you. Yeah. That I just, like, sometimes I'm like, I am so surprised by how... Loud yeah. it is. Yeah. At me. Yes. You know? Yes. Again, I feel like I'm at the fair. Do you want to go faster? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I just want to vomit over here in the corner and yeah. then have a candy apple and go home. Yes. Well, it's just noise and too much. The gift that keeps on giving and it giving is. to us yeah. from our children, yeah. which ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today. Did you make that for me? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Did you make that for me? (laughs) (laughs) So... We were, we're going to talk today about all the things uh-huh. that our children make for us mm-hmm. w- or want to give us mm-hmm. and and our thoughts on those things. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, you know me, I love my categories. I think there's some categories. Mm-hmm. And the first one I kind of want to touch on is edibles. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling them edibles. I'm going to call them edibles. So... What I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about this because Stefan, he had a birthday recently, and Katie Bell really wanted to, he wanted breakfast in bed. And so Katie Bell was like, I'm going to make you breakfast for breakfast in bed. Additionally, Ellis the other day wanted to make Stefan special dessert uh-huh. and started like naming things that were going to go on the dessert. Yeah. And I, I was just sitting there thinking, oh my God, sometimes it's really thoughtful and it's such a sweet gesture mm-hmm. but the the potential for it being disgusting yeah is is high and there's also like sometimes i just don't want to fucking eat whatever this weird combination is yeah. you know like just as much as my kids don't want to eat stuff yeah there's a lot of stuff i don't want to eat that nasty fish stick right i don't yeah so i don't or like i don't want like bread with ketchup on yeah like I don't just, want bread just with like, ketchup. Thing, like even things that aren't like so repulsive but you're yeah. just like i just don't want that in my mouth like, I, yeah that those are those are yummy yeah. Kind of, yeah i don't want that in my yeah. mouth or like <laughs> i'm gonna make you pancakes and i'm gonna cover it in syrup Right. Where you're like, I don't like that much syrup on my fit. Now it's just right. a big soggy yeah. mess. Yeah. So, yeah. but like, actually, before we talk about that, I want to talk about the like, before the kids evolve to wanting to make you real food, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I'm going to make you tea. Right. 
or and it's like muddy water. Or yeah. yeah, or it's like or it's just like water in a cup right. that's been in your yard yeah. for like a week. Right. Or you're like yeah. or even if it's just been on the fucking shelf, right. you know it's filled with dust yeah. and like yeah. whatever was last in the cup. Yeah. And if you go back to our very, very early, early shows where we're talking about pregnancy tests, mm-hmm. and I do believe I shared that, like, oh, I yeah, needed a cup to pee a, in, yeah. and I was like, what cup am I going to use to pee in? So yeah. I used one of the teacups. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. So don't have tea in our house. Yeah. But I just, I think because... The relationship I had with my sister, like, the baggage that I'm bringing yeah. into this scenario yeah. is... The relationship I had with my sister has left me in a place where if my children say, close your eyes, my answer is always going to be no. Mm -hmm. Because when my sister used to say, close your eyes, it wasn't a fun surprise on the other side of that. Or drink this, Elizabeth. It was never going to be good. So like like, when Katie Bell's like, drink this, I'm like, ah. Yeah. There's gonna did you spit in this? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. she, she never has. Do you what do you do? Have your kids ever made you tea? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I usually do like a pretend sip or Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you do the pretend sip? Yeah, but not like I'm faking them out. Just right. like I'm kind of like, yeah, we're pretending, right? Like here's a little sip. Like, mmm, yum. Or <laughs> I mean, when Gracie makes a like sh- I kind of know exactly what she's putting in something because if because I can't just like leave her alone in the kitchen (laughs) because things get out of control really fast. So, yeah, I mean, like she'll make kind of like interesting lemonades because we have (laughs) we have um, a couple of lemon trees in our yard. Mm. And so she will like go and like pick a couple lemons and then somebody will cut them open for her and she'll mix that with like, you know, sugar and water and then she'll add like rosemary or like something like something so that's usually fine like fine yeah we have had she did make this magic i I wish i could remember what she called it this like magic screen it was it was a it wasn't to drink although i think originally it was supposed to be to drink but then i explained there's paint in it yeah we're not allowed to drink it now So then she decided you actually rub it on your body and it like gives you, it was something like she wanted to make something that could be sunscreen, bug repellent, and like some other like magic power thing, but she put red paint in it. So if you put it on your, and it's like Crayola paint, but still, still, it's paint. It's paint. So like you put it on your body and your body's red. And so, like, I she but kept. But you're not sunburned. So she, right. Well, right. I think she put like a drop of sunscreen yeah. on it, but then there was just so much. Whatever. It's fine. She yeah. had her own recipe. I'm not going to judge. Sure. She did her own experiments on yeah. it. She has her own evidence based approach. Right. But, like, she kept offering, like, yeah. mommy, don't you want to use some of the magic, magic something, magic screen, I think. Sure. And I kept being like, yeah, maybe later. Like, later would be great. I can't use it right now because, like, and I would, like, make up excuses. So then one day I used, like, a little bit of it. And then whatever. I don't know. It's hard. Like, you're it's always a balance. Like, it's always, like, I'm trying to encourage you and, like, not shut you down. But I'm also, like, I have boundaries. Yeah. Like, I'm also, like, a human with dignity. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Because, like, Katie Bell does a lot of potions. 
And so right. there's yeah. you have to drink this potion mm-hmm. or you have to smell this potion. And at least with the drinkable potions, she understands that it has to be all real food things. Mm-hmm. But like maybe it's mouthwash yeah. and some Fruit Loops and some water. Right. And so first yeah. she wants everybody else to drink it. And so mm, my trick with yeah. that was, why don't you sample it first? <laughs> First, and she's like, "This is disgusting. Oh, no yeah. one should drink it." There and we I go. was like, "That's nice. really very smart." Yeah, 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 that was my thing. So with the tea or whatever horrible drink it is, in that's either actually not a bad drink, but it's in a horrible cup mm-hmm. or whatever. I usually do the. I just wait. I'm like, "Oh, this is so good." Yeah. And then as soon as they're looking somewhere else, you I pour dump some it. out. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, "I'm all done. I'm so." Mm. Full yeah. with this. So there's like yeah. the whole thing of like imaginary, make believe, inventive, yeah. scientific things that, that yeah. I really like the idea of like rubbing it on yeah. you though, that yeah. you gotta <laughs> yeah. put it on you yeah. is, is, is something yeah. different that I hadn't thought of. No one's asked me to put anything on me yet, yeah. which is pretty good. We try to avoid those spa kits at right. home. Like we got one once and she's like, I'm making lip balm. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. That's just Vaseline. Yeah. You put it in a different jar and add a glitter to it. Great. But That's then basically what the cosmetics company I know. $50. So then you've got the real edible things where they right. really want to make you stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, like a pepper and a raspberry and like... Yeah, catch up. See, I don't even let my kids have access to that stuff. Do you? Yeah. See, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I, with you, I'm like shut that... the fridge door. Get out of the fridge. <laughs> like, I'm horrible. Your support is only for the scientific, yeah. not the culinary. Well, I just don't want that. Like, I, it just gets I out of control so I fast. Am. And also, there's lots of good things in there that I don't want them to have. Yeah, I know. No, so, like, can't. I just, like, don't want them. I don't know. No, I just... it's fair. See, I think it's fun when they're doing it for Stefan. <laughs> Okay. And I'm like this. Yeah. Oh, do you want to make? Didn't you? Don't forget you wanted to make a special dessert for Papa tonight. I'll come help you. But then it's like. That's really funny. Like the thing that Ellis wanted to do yeah. was like, it was like a, he wanted to recreate the Swedish candy and all the things that he was suggesting for it had nothing to do with the Swedish candy. He's uh-huh. like, there's going to be raspberries on top of bananas and then there'll be a peanut. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're yeah. like. Yeah, all right, that actually yeah. doesn't sound horrible. Yeah, Let's sure. go for it. Yeah. And as we're leaving the table, Stefan's like, I don't want that fucking peanut. It's <laughs> like, oh, you're going to get a peanut? <laughs> you're going to get so many peanuts. But like Ellis was imagining like all the right. rags. And so like right. that's where I had to step in yeah. and be like, look how when you just do the one and yeah. the one and yeah. actually we're out of nuts, that really looks like it looks the candy. Like, like the candy. Right. right. You know? Whereas like a pile of... Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love trying to appeal to their logic. Yeah, like, yes. Let's do what would be reasonable. Let's right. look at what would be reasonable here. Like, I'm constantly, like, trying to explain to Grace what's reasonable. And, like, it's I really it. yeah, it's a hard. process. Yeah, reasonable yeah. is a hard one to comprehend. Yeah. All right, let's get into art. Because everybody here who's been listening to the show for a long time knows yeah. I have no heart yeah. And I am a soulless monster yeah. when it comes to kid art. And that I once yeah. didn't know that I was supposed to collect art from the school, school. folder and <laughs> waited like a whole year before <laughs> realizing I yeah. should take some of that home. Like I treat it like I work at a museum uh-huh. and I curate oh. the art. Okay. Some things stay. I love it. Some things go yeah. away. 
Most of the time, I don't tell them. But there's something, and this is less about like the general day-to-day art that they make you, Mm because I feel like that, we've kind of talked about that with art. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking like Christmas or holiday Mm -hmm. or birthday. Yeah. I've made you something. Uh And I feel like, there's like again the earlier phase that's just totally they don't really understand what they want to do and it's absolute garbage that you're getting. Yeah. But then they get into or stuff that like their teacher has made. Yeah. Or, like oh, well, there's that, so that many things the teacher, that the that teacher has yes, made. That's yeah. Made and they've just glued stuff on. Yeah. But then they get old enough to know that they want to make you something. Yeah. And then they make it. Yeah. So it's got their value so proud. to them. They are. Yeah. And I really feel for Stefan in this scenario because the stuff that my kids have made for him uh-huh. are always very large. Oh. Like, Katie Bell made, like, a giant banner once. Uh-huh. And, like, so that's, that's rolled up under yeah. the bed. And then there's, like, Ellis for his birthday, for Stefan's birthday this year. He, you know, he watches us play Zelda and stuff yeah. like that. So he's, like, knows all the He yeah. wanted to make this monster part. For Stefan, so it's like a lot of purple construction paper that's been taped together in something that's probably about two and a half to three feet long, uh-huh. and, and yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, that's now uh, under the bed. And like, I mean, yeah. we have like a lot of this like big. It's not frameable. Mm-hmm. It's not hangable. Mm-hmm. It's not really to not be cruel. Anything mm-hmm. <laughs> except the joy. And love of our children manifested in construction paper and tape. Yeah. So with those, I'm like, how long do you, what do you do with those? Do you just Mm -hmm. keep them and like eventually get rid of them without telling anybody? Mm -hmm. Do you, because like Katie Bell's got like a memory for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I made you that thing when I was four, right? Yeah. But if it wasn't there, would she remember? Like, she they remember when they see it. Right. But I'm not convinced that they remember it, that it's going to come up if they don't ever see it again or hear about it again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know know. either. I'm like, I'm such a sucker for that stuff. I don't like the clutter, but, like, I, I just, like, still love getting those things. I know. I don't know. I love having them around, especially, like, Christmas tree ornaments. Oh, yeah. Well, Christmas tree like, ornaments have a place to go. That's right. They have a place to go. On a tree. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? If it's like a decoration, that can stay in a box and come out for right. a holiday. Yeah, right. And I do have a small collection of things right next to my counter of yeah. very small flowers they've made or yeah. very small I love you mama sort of things. Yeah. Like, like that, again, is controllable. It's and I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That the stuff that the teachers help them make is the good stuff. Oh yeah. Oh totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. Like I think those one-off things are easier because when they're for holidays or like Mother's Day or something, like yeah. I don't really question should I keep this? I just sort of keep it. Like right. maybe yeah, I'll decide yeah. someday if it becomes too much. The stuff that's harder is that everyday, everyday. stuff for me cuz like for example, yeah. Oscar <laughs> His, he's not that into doing artwork at school. So his teachers decided at some point this year that they could get him to do the art activity if they said, your mommy really wants it. Do you want to make it for mommy? She'll love it so much. Oh, and so every God. single thing that he brings home from school is yeah. for me. Is for he's you. made it for me. And yeah. he tells me that. He says, I made that for you. And he looks at me like, Poor I baby. mean, how do you yeah. like that? 
And so that is I the don't want to crush your spirit, it's like, mama. Right. It's so sweet. It's incredibly sweet. Yeah. But also, I'm like, but he, he didn't care about this that much. Yeah. He didn't really want to do it. He just thinks it's important to me. Yeah. How yeah. do I communicate that I it's mean, not? Right. Right. So then in those cases, I just, like, try to appreciate them in the moment. Yeah. But then, like, as they sort of pile up, if I can tell yeah. it was, like, a quick thing, I yeah. just say goodbye to it. It <laughs> just got, like, some stamps on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, things that are stamped go pretty quickly on yeah. that. Yeah. But, like, even just, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, it is the day-to-day. Katie Bell makes, she'll come in and she'll be like, I made you this you know, and it's like pine straw that she's braided yeah. and made into a circle. Yeah. You know, and you're like, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where does this go? Right. You know, and again, I'm like you. Stuff like stays out for a little while mm-hmm. and then eventually yeah. just Gradually vanishes. Goes. Yeah. Yeah, just goes. Yeah. Then there's the like, I I want you to have this and yeah. it's like a toy yeah. Like, my kids give me oh, yeah. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And again, my kids don't do that, but that's an... And yeah. I remember that from when I was younger. I gave like, my mother, like... Yeah. I was home recently, and I found, like, this little giraffe that had been mine uh-huh. that I gave her yeah. for Mother's Day. Yeah. And that she always kept on her cabinet. And, like, so there's that little collection of little toys. But then there's also, like... I'm having a sale. Who wants to oh, buy my right. toys? Or yeah. I want you to have this now. I don't yeah. want it anymore, but you can have it. Yeah. Like that happens with stuffed animals, and I'm like, goodbye. What yeah. if it's mine? Yeah. Do I get to throw it away? Yeah. If I buy it from them, that shit goes right out in the garage. Well, this is interesting. Yeah. So how how is this different from like how we handle gifting in real life, like with other people? Ooh. Like, is this kind of I almost feel like it's pretty similar. I guess like, it is. Right? If I mean, somebody gives you something. Yeah. We're not going to be like, oh, thanks, but I don't really. I mean, like, you're just going to be nice about it well, yeah. and then hang on to it for a reasonable amount of time. And then move it along. Yeah. Unless it's the kind of thing where you feel the pressure to pull it out whenever they come yeah. over. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't. It's pretty similar. It is. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Whenever you make me those beaded necklaces Teresa. Right. I just throw them away when I, I go <laughs> thanks for that mug um, but... speaking of which those boo-boo bunnies that you made oh, yeah. for Grace when she was like two and a half yes are still in our house oh. We still use them. Yes. They're kind of getting Beat a little yeah. gnarly, but they're still beautiful and they still comfort my children when uh, they have owies. Yeah. And Curtis like has had owies recently and we've used them Boo-boo with Boo-boo bunny! Yeah. yeah. Alice, we've got the boo-boo bunny, the original boo-boo bunny yeah. I made. Just a bunny filled with rice put yeah. in the freezer. You um, give really good gifts. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then sometimes I don't give gifts at all because I'm like, I got nothing good to give. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't That's need totally garbage. fair. All right. I feel like there's one last thing that like may or may not fit in. Uh-huh. But and that that's the intangible gift. Uh-huh. We've done edibles. <laughs> yeah. We've done the tangible. Uh-huh. And now I feel like there's the intangible. Yeah. Which is like a affection. Yeah. They wanna I mean I said at the very beginning, Ellis like wants to give me all this physical attention but just like eating toothpaste in a cup filled with water I have boundaries right but somehow it's easier to set a boundary about toothpaste and water than it is physical affection I don't know does that tie in I think so I mean I think it's just like when you think about affection and like our hugs from our kids being so precious, but yeah. also like so ill timed <laughs> once in a yeah, while, or like yeah. just not exactly. Like sometimes it's just like not. 
I don't know. Like there's there's something about it that's like off somehow in the same way that like sometimes the art they're giving us or the food they're giving us is somehow off. But like we're trying overall to teach our kids to be gracious. Yeah. And so I think that's sort of what we're doing in all of these situations. Like we're trying to be gracious (laughs) and it's and we're trying to demonstrate this is how you can be gracious, you know, in all instances. But it's sometimes really awkward because sometimes we're having to be abundantly gracious and and at the same time kind of like somehow finding a way to, I guess that's how it's different from receiving gifts from others, which is like in those situations, I think our job is to be gracious, period. And like in these situations, it's like we want to be gracious and demonstrate being gracious. But then we at the same time, we have like a little bit of a job to do, which is like sort of to like teach them how they could offer these things in such a way that they would be like slightly more appropriate. Well, because <laughs> I know something. that, yeah, because what we didn't touch on was what I see in the house a lot is my kids trying to give each other stuff and the other kid doesn't want yeah. it and the other kid's like, take it. I'm yeah. trying to give you this thing. Yeah. Whether that be a hug or whether it be yeah. like a toy or uh, thank yeah. you or I don't want it, right? Yeah. And you, there is a stepping in and being like, just yeah. fucking take it. Yeah. Just say thanks. And say thank you and throw it away when they're asleep. Do like your mother does. But, like, I do think that I think you're right. We are teaching, like, sometimes you might not want the gift. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to be hurtful to the person giving it to you. It also doesn't mean you have to take something that necessarily you need to be respectful of other people. Yeah. Right? Like, don't then follow up. Do you still have the gift? Do you like it? Right. There's the gift. Yeah. Right? Like, you are teaching. (laughs) Please, God, don't ever do that. Yeah, I think there's a balance. I do want to end, though, on the idea that all of these things, I feel like for me, even though I'm a cruel, horrible monster with a shredder, 90% of stuff goes in it. For me, what I hope comes through with my kids, like if they listen to this episode and they're Uh, like, yeah, I can't believe you didn't love that stuff. I do love it. I love it every time I get it. I don't feel like keeping it because the house would just be overwhelmed. Yeah. But I want them to communicate, like in the moment, I want to be able to communicate with them how precious I think it is. I want them to feel like it was important and that I loved it. I wore it, you know, that sort of jewelry. I wore it. I, when I was home in Alabama recently, I was rummaging through some of mama's, you know, boxes and stuff. And I was showing her some of the stuff I had found because we were going through looking at stuff for Katie Bell and to show stuff. And I found this envelope and it had a necklace and a bracelet. It was like, um, you know, these plastic animal beads strung on rope, mm-hmm. you know? And when Mama saw it, she was like, oh, my gosh, that was, I thought I had lost that. I made that for Mama. Oh, my God. When I was little. <gasps> and I Whoa. remember her putting it on and then going into the den to play bridge with, you know, these neighborhood Aww. ladies. And all these ladies like, what are you wearing? What is that? And that, you know, for Mama, her memory was that her Mama just wore it with such pride and was like, Helen yeah. made this for me. Uh-huh. And isn't it lovely? And like, even though everybody else just thought, right. why would you wear that out? Right. But yeah. for Mama, it had been this like, it was important. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. like, I do try and like, Make sure they feel it's important. Yeah. Right? Like, so I feel like as long as that's communicated, like, mama still had that memory, even if she 
if that necklace hadn't been there, right. her memory was that it was right. really important. So, like, my gift that I hope my children will receive <laughs> <laughs> is the knowledge that I love them mm-hmm. in an intangible way. <laughs> We've got a Jumbotron! Woo! This Jumbotron is from CaptureIt.com. If you are concerned about privacy on social media, there's a new, better solution. Capture was created by parents for parents for an easy way to share family moments with the people that matter in private. So Capture is free to join, there are no ads or algorithms, and your information is not sold to advertisers, ever. If you want additional storage or longer media recording times, you can upgrade for a small fee. Sign up today at CaptureIt.com. That's C-A-P-S-U-R-E-I-T dot com. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. You guys, Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. Biz and I both have premium memberships. And you can find care for everyone in the family, whether you need child care while you're at work or need to line up a sitter for a kid-free date night. Care.com is there for you. And you can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's Care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I found my Kindle. What? Yeah. Everybody, last week, Teresa's fail was losing her Kindle. Or two weeks, or two weeks ago, weeks ago maybe. I don't yeah. know. Sometime in the timeline. Yeah, and it was devastating to me. <laughs> so, And I just assumed it was gone forever. Yeah. But I found it. And I'm back where I want to be. I'm back, All baby. is well. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I made jam. Ooh, this nice. week I, I, you know, during these, like, a couple of years of <laughs> slowly realizing that maybe uh, a more serious style of depression was helping, I, I, you know, I haven't been crafting. I haven't been jamming or pickling things that I like to do or that I used to really like doing. So I jammed and made three very tiny jars of jam <laughs> out of a shit ton of strawberries. Aww. And my children love it. And that makes me happy. That's great. Thank you. Good job. Hello, ladies. I am calling with a genius. And actually, um, it's my dad's genius from when I was a kid. <laughs> this is a trick if you have two beautiful children 
who are arg- always arguing over who goes first, whose turn it is to do blah, blah, blah. We have even child and odd child. For us, child number one is the odd child, and child number two <laughs> is the even child. On odd dates, child number one gets to pick the book first, and on even days, child number two gets to pick the book first. <laughs> on odd days, the odd child has to unload the dishwasher first or gets to choose where they sit at the table first or whatever. Sometimes it's something they want to do. Sometimes it's something they don't want to do. But even dates and odd dates. Look at me also educating my children as I go <laughs> along here. Um, anyway, it ends arguments. It's been a lifesaver, and I actually owe it to my dad because he thought of it when my sister and I were arguing when we were kids. Uh, and actually, she still calls me odd child from time to time. That may or may not be from that instance. Anyway, you guys are doing an awesome job. My dad is doing an awesome job, and I am also killing it. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, solve it right there. It's like setting that. the timer. Yeah. Like this, I have no control that's over it, this. It just uh, happens to be an yeah. even day. It's not my job. Yep. Not my res- yeah. I'm sorry. Look if I could make it an odd day, yeah. I would. Yeah. But this is the law of yeah. the land. Yeah. It's great. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah. Good job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So in a matter of like two weeks or actually maybe even one week, I got the flat tire yeah. and somebody dented my car. Oh, my gosh. Um, the new and van. Didn't leave a note. I know. The new van. And I mean, arguably the tire was my fault, sort of. Nah. The dent in the car was not my fault. But just like it just feels like a fail because it's like. Yeah. My brand new car, yeah. and this is it's what's happening to... I don't know. You it's can't just, have nice like, things. It's, it's fine. Like, who cares? But also, like, it just feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. You you feel bad as a person in the world. Yes. I'm so sorry. Thank you. You're doing horrible. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Katie Bell and I were in the kitchen, and I can't remember what exactly we were doing. I guess she... Oh, she was helping me, like, cut some carrots for dinner, and... So we're both, like, next to each other at the counter. She's cutting carrots. I'm like, here, let me show you a little thinner. And I show her. And then as I go to put the knife down, I drop the knife, and it starts to fall to the floor. And we're both barefoot. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, like, my initial response is always when a knife drops is to jump back. Right. So... I grab Katie Bell and I push her back as I jump back, you know, screaming like a maniac. Right. Knife! Right? Yeah. <laughs> I am so my mother, guys. Yeah. Knife! Right? Right. And then uh, we stop. She starts getting really tickled. Yeah. Because this was, like, so surprising and yeah. so funny. And then I was like, we're, like, reenacting it because it's so funny. And I'm like, yes. And I'm shoving you out of the way. And I shove her again. Yeah. Because it's funny and we're having this good time. Uh-huh. But then she winds up actually taking a step back this time. There's a garbage can right behind her. She falls over. Oh, no. The garbage goes everywhere. No. She hits the ground. No. I now have shoved my daughter is yeah. what I've done. And yeah. she's like, she's laughing. She's fine. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, my God, Katie. Yeah. So sorry. Then Ellis, because we're laughing so hard, Ellis is like, I want to know what's going on. Oh. So she tries to tell him. He wants us to recreate it and then gets really mad that I'm not dropping the knife for real and then wants to be the pusher and be put. And I'm like, guys, this is 
Too much. You're like, I just tried to be silly for one, one second. One second. And now, and, and now this. Yeah. Oh, God. God. I'm so sorry. It was, was awful. also, I shoved my daughter to the ground. Yeah, you did. And I didn't feel very good about that. <laughs> hey, guys. This is a fail. I signed my two-year-old up for soccer class at the suggestion of his daycare teachers. They thought he would really benefit from some of the structure and, you know, playing with the other kids and yada, yada. And, um, yeah, it did not go well. We did not even make it through one class. Uh, the extra parents on the bleachers watching us completely, like, completely fucked this shit up. Laughing and, and pointing was a real, real big help, um, in making that all go really smoothly. As my kid is rolling on the astroturf, just rolling and rolling and rolling, and I can't even catch him to get him up on his feet to do any of the activities. They say go this way, he goes that way. The, I mean, the whole bit. And so we ditched that, and we went to Target to run some errands, get some essentials, and you can hear how that went. So we did not get those essentials, so we are essentialists. And um, now he wants me to hold him without touching him. I don't know how to do that. So, yeah. Fail in progress. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye. Ah, wow. That's a lot. That sucks. Fucking. That's like, she's doing so much work. I know. And it's like Doesn't for matter. what? For what? Right? Kind of you feel yeah. that way? Like oh, I forget. Oh, listen feel that to way. like <laughs> she went. Yeah. Like you went to soccer. You took your your kid to soccer. That's like a plus parenting. Yeah. Like that's, I won't even let my kids know sports exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like we. That's not, major. Yeah, it's a big deal. And then Target. I love yeah. that she's like we have no essentials. Right. Yeah, nothing. No. There's nothing that feels worse when you have to just give up and go home. Yeah, that's the worst. Without the essentials, because yes. yes. you're still gonna have to go get yes. them. That feels like a fail. Yes. And then the completely impossibleness of toddler requests. Yeah. Holding Hold and not me, holding. But don't touch me. Yeah. Is yeah. like that's it's like a like yeah. sixth level of hell yeah, sort of is. thing it where really you're like is. ah yeah. I'm very sorry. I am too. You're doing such a good job. But also a horrible job. True. I don't yeah. want you to feel yeah. like you don't deserve being told you're yeah. doing a horrible Definitely job. Definitely suck. You, <laughs> this is a failure and everybody uh, is looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bomba's Socks. No matter what you're striving for, Bombas are perfectly engineered socks to keep you comfortable. Oh my God, Teresa, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, so they're... These socks are not, they don't just like say that these are perfectly engineered. They really are. They're so like cushiony and soft. And I've never had, I've never been able to, I have like a narrow heel and a yeah. high arch. And I've never been able to wear those kind of like low socks. Yeah, without them slipping off. slip right off. Yeah. And these ones don't 
for some reason. Like, I don't know why, but I can wear them. It's like a miracle. They are super comfortable. Like, I should not be this excited about socks. I know. And I got Ella some of the toddler socks. Yeah. And they fit really good. And they've got, like, super grip on the bottom. Again, not to be weird, we both really love these socks. (laughs) So One Bad Mother listeners get 20% off their first order. Just go to bombas.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com. You'll get 20% off your first order. That's bombas.com slash badmother and use the code badmother. Teresa. Yes. Let's call someone today. Hey, this week we are calling Alyssa Quart. She's the executive editor of the journalism nonprofit Economic Hardship Reporting Project. She's an acclaimed author and journalist. She writes the Outclassed column for The Guardian and has published features for The Atlantic, The New York Times, and more. In her new book, Squeezed, Why Our Families Can't Afford America, she examines the lives of many middle-class Americans who are barely getting by. Thank you so much for joining us, Alyssa. Oh, thank you. Before we get into the book and talking about all the research that you've done, we'd like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? My daughter, Cleo, my husband, Peter, and our hamster, Tabitha. Ooh, it's a hamster house. I don't think we've had (laughs) a hamster yet. I'm not sure we've ever had a hamster in five years. How old is your child? I thought you were going to say hold my hamster. Sorry, I just that's um, going to be the follow-up. You know, up. hamsters live a very short time. Yeah. you could have started like a quite a morbid years. conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, uh, my hamster is uh, my hamster is nine months old, and my daughter is seven and a half. Oh, okay. she's about to learn about yeah. life and death. <laughs> I We got goldfish with the hopes of that. I mean, we have cats, but my kids have learned so much about death with the fish that, like, my oldest is now like, I don't want to flush this one. I'd, li- I'd rather bury it properly with, like, zero emotion. <laughs> All right. Your book, Squeezed, Why Our Families Can't Afford America, focuses on the lives of the American middle class families who find themselves struggling to achieve the security that their parents found, like literally feeling squeezed on all sides, right? We got childcare, we've got weird workplace hours, we've got multiple jobs, we've got benefits, we've got, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on. And I I want, I'm going to want to ask you about your experiences as well as the experiences of the people that you interviewed, but I kind of want to start with asking you to define how you define in the book middle class and what some of the costs that we're facing now. Yeah, so I define middle class in the book, you know, people making between 45,000 and 120,000. That tends to be the uh, range. And, you know, they, they have professions that usually demand some degree of education, uh, teachers, professors, lawyers, um, nurses, accountants, et cetera, librarians. And, you know, rounding it out, there are people like truck drivers. I talked to a truck driver, you know, because those are many of the kind of blue-collar-ish jobs that become ways that people enter the middle class as well. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, it, these are like the list of jobs that we all grow up being told these are the jobs yeah. that you do, you'll and then you'll be able security. to get security. Yeah. You'll be able That's to have right. a family, is, and you'll, yeah. yeah. 
Good job, everybody. Work nine to five. Yeah, work nine yeah. to five, be home in time. That's what the TV says. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But what the TV doesn't say is all the stuff that we're now surrounded with in terms of jobs and benefits and cost. Can you sort of talk about some of the, the, the things that are squeezing us? Yeah, so what's squeezing us is housing, yeah. which, uh, where are you guys located? Oh, we're in California, Los Angeles. Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, There's so no, you know about that? Yeah. You know about that? Very familiar. Um, Daycare, which, you know, can eat up people, 30 to 40% of people's salaries. Um, Education, generally, our own student debt as, you know, people in our 40s and 50s and 30s and our kids' student debt, you know, for paying for their college and then taking on additional debt, then they take it on, right? Right. Uh, Healthcare, Many of the people I spoke to, they someone was in debt twenty thousand dollars just from giving birth, yeah. and it wasn't that complicated. The, I think she had a vaginal birth with some complications, but not like extreme ones. And I mean, just giving birth in general, C-section is sixteen thousand. So yeah, so we're talking about basic stuff that people are being squeezed by. Yeah, in your book, you write about your own experience having a child and then quickly realizing that you had so many expenses and that you were suddenly part of the, quote, failing middle-class vortex. What did that mean for you? For me, I I mean, I should clarify, my husband and I are, like, at the top end of this. and. And now we're out of it. Now we got jobs at nonprofits that, weirdly enough, pay better than working as freelance journalists. <laughs> um, I mean, be, being a freelancer is just not freelancing. A, yeah, that is not a good situation. Yeah. Um, but we were just running down our savings. Again, we had savings to run down, so we were again in a better position than most of the people I interviewed. But it was just a sense of anxiety. When will this end? You know, my husband was fifty. I was in my late thirties, and. Uh, you know, it didn't look like we were going to be able to get another normal job with health benefits. So we we're paying for our own health benefits. I was too sick to work when I was pregnant. Um, you know, I, I had to recover from the pregnancy, which is really hard. And we were just going through our savings at a clip and we just started to feel like, yeah, we were in this vortex. Yeah, no, it's, it's, well, and that's what you found when you went out interviewing people, right? I mean, like, what do you right, so I started with me, you know, one of the more privileged, uh, uh, squeezed in uh, New York City, and then I went into my friends' lives, and then from there I went out into the rest of the country. I met people through unions and, you know, nonprofits, through colleges, through a whole range of things, and uh, that was through, through friends of friends, and I, I started having these conversations at kitchen tables and in daycares, et cetera, about what their lives are really like. Yeah, what did you find were some of the commonalities that, uh, you know, that regardless of New York or, you know, a different market that people were still struggling with? Well, the commonality, the squeeze thing is to me, it's like financial, but it's also emotional and existential. Yeah, so you're like compressed. I don't know if that's a feeling you identify with, but it's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, how my time is squeezed. Yeah. I'm squeezed financially. My hopes are squeezed, you know, my future. How I relate to my child is also compressed because I'm anxious about work and money when I'm with my child. And that was, that were things, those were patterns I was seeing. I was seeing the sense of um, people taking it on as if they'd done something wrong. Why am I feeling this way? But, you know, if I wound up talking to 80 to 100 people and they were all saying the same thing, I was like, you know, this is obviously a system failure. This is not just coming from inside of each one of these people. 
they haven't exactly, maybe they've done one or two things, quote unquote, wrong, but that shouldn't be enough to, you know, make them be on the precipice. So that, right. that was kind of what I was seeing. Yeah, no, the, I think the word squeeze is such a good word to describe that feeling. You know, I mean, I just, even in the most perfect of situations, uh, just the time and the future, you know, where's my time going? What am I doing down the road? Who am I? How am I spending money? All of that really suddenly, you're looking at it through suddenly a different lens almost. Like it really feels almost overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming and your time is being squeezed. But then, in a way, your vision of the world is being compressed also. So you're, like, thinking, what kind of future do I have? It's a little incoherent, you know? And that I, I felt like that was the thing that a lot of people were struggling with. It was the day-to-day, but it was also, like, how do you plan when you don't know you're going to be able to have the same job in a year or in yeah. a few months? How do, you pl- how do you get your kids, you know, into a good daycare when there's so few to go around and they cost so much? And you might have to leave the place you're living because the rents are on. You know what I mean? There's just like a lot of variables and fluctuation and like a lack of consistency. And people thought, oh, once I'm middle class, I'm a professor, I'm a nurse, I'm a librarian. I won't feel that way. And then they they do. And it shows that the American dream is really not uh, panning out for a lot of people. Well, so what do you what did you find in your research uh, had changed from one to two generations ago from, you know, say, you know, our parents or their parents, depending on, you know, where you fall in the spectrum. What's showing up? Is it the cost of education? I mean, like, what is showing up as suddenly we get ourselves into the same position our parents were in and it's not better? Well, you know, we have wages not keeping up with the cost of living. We have prices rising. So whenever anyone talks about, like, oh, near full employment, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and what are those jobs like? Do they yeah. uh, do they keep up with the cost of living in L.A., where you guys are around there? And how many jobs are people working in order yeah. to support their families? And we're, they're branded as side hustles nowadays, which I think is evil. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, overwork should not be called something cute like a side hustle, you know? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, how's your side hustle? Oh, my oppression's great today. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, or like, you know, things are, do what you love, you know, people tell you that, and then you try, and it doesn't really seem to work. So, why, why is it different? It's different because you have a lack of, of social net, you have things that used to exist, like social security, that are, and pensions, that are kind of wandering off the map, and then you have a lack of job security in a lot of jobs, jobs are more and more freelance, and you have growing income inequality under, thrumming under it all, and there, that is responsible for, you know, there's a huge amount of corporate wealth out there, but it's not going into people's wages and their daily life. And that was, that is markedly different from, you know, America before 1979. Yes. Well, you have like a whole chapter in there about, well, it's not a whole chapter, but like the robots. Yes. <laughs> just was like, you know, our... Yeah. And now the robots. And now, Alyssa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here come the robots. That's right. But it's true. I mean, there's like an automation that it happens a little, and you're like, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. But you talk about slow tech momentum versus let's do it all right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we need to put humans first. And I sound, I call myself a techno-pessimist when I say that. But, 
No, but do, I don't yeah. know if you saw one of the studies. It was an economic forum study. It showed that 57% of the jobs that will be lost by 2026 are going to be by women's. So we have to slow this down. You know, if we want to hold on to not only our way of earning an income, but our sense of value, right? Yeah. That's part of what work provides. Like people could say, oh, a lot of these jobs suck, you know, cleaning linens in the hospital. I, you know, I talked to the people who are putting robots in hospitals where, you know, women used to clean linen, you know, bring the linens to and from the patients. And I don't know. I, I wonder if everybody, every employee who does this would say, oh, what a terrible job. What a BS job. They might say, this is who I am. This is how I had self-respect, you know. So I think we need to slow this whole process down. So what are some solutions you observed people implementing with all this? Well, the big solutions are things like making sure that pregnancy discrimination <laughs> doesn't happen. Yes. Like I spoke to a lot of people who were like hiding their pregnancy when they went to job interviews or were, while they had jobs, were afraid to disclose they were pregnant when they got after. And this is not okay. On the books, we're supposed to have these laws that protect women who are pregnant, but they're not being enforced. Yeah. And they're not being enforced in the corporate sector or, you know, they're not being enforced nationally. So we need to enforce these things. That's one thing. Another thing we need to do is have more maternity, you know, family leave. Now it's 14% um, that have it. That's really low. That's, That's crazy. More than that is any a crazy Western... low number. Think about the Western world. This is insane. And then we wonder why we have the lowest numbers of middle class people in, you know, the, there's no country in Europe with this small amount of middle class population. And it's because we don't have these supports. And then also universal pre-K. I mean, I watched how in New York it went from 20 seats of, for four, year, four and five-year-olds in New York City public schools to 68,000. 20,000 in two years. Yeah. And that's a huge city. And you're like, okay, why can't this happen in all these smaller cities and towns? Like, if this could happen here, there's no, you know, this is just a matter of political will and imagination. Yeah. Um, you know, that leads us to our other thing, how poorly paid daycare people well, right. are. Yeah. And why just subsidizing daycare a little, that even the pay that these people are getting or the amount, the cost for parents on either side would change the lives of so many people. Last question. So we talk a lot on our show about sharing the realities of our experiences as parents because no one else is talking about them <laughs> and building community on that. You've said that the positive message in your book is you're not alone and it's not your fault. Can we, let's end on that. Let's talk about that message. Yeah, so for me, I mean, then maybe I repeated it. I repeated a lot of the book. It's like yeah. my theme, my theme song and I just found a lot of people blaming themselves and saying, you know, what, as I said, what's wrong with me? I did everything right. I went to all these schools. I, you know, I tried so hard. I worked so hard. Yeah. And my main message is, yeah, let's look at these system errors. Let's understand them. And so we can liberate ourselves from the shame and stigma of feeling like we've done something wrong when we can't get like, it's not even a job. It's like the second side hustle or the, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, the fact that we have to do that at all seems wrong to me, and that, that then we have to hate ourselves for not getting it. And, and obviously, just feeling better about yourself isn't going to change the world, but at least you can start changing your own small, you know, tend your own garden, you know, and yeah. then from there, sort of, as some of the people in my book do, if you can't make political change, you can have barter and trade with your neighbors. You can be more open. You can tell them when you're struggling economically with your colleagues. 
you know what I mean? You, you could try to open it up a little so it's not just this thing that you hide away and throw away the key. Yeah, well, I mean, that's our culture. Everything in our culture is, well, not everything. A lot of our culture has become hide it. Well, and most of us grew up being told you can do anything. Yes. If you really work hard, you can do it. Like, you, you've got it. And so I think the natural response when we get here and we yeah. find ourselves in a position that's unworkable is like, what didn't I do? What did I do wrong? And so that yeah. is a shame place to be. Yeah. And so it's it's I think it's so natural to not want to announce that. Well, it's like, but, oh, well, I must have fucked up. You and know? culturally also, it's don't, you're not supposed to talk about money. You're not supposed right. to talk about, too, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there is a lot of shame, you know, uh, surrounding all this. Yeah, no, but yeah. But, but I think if we see ourselves, again, with this middle precariat, that's what I call this middle class, it's shaky. If we start with that and we say we're part of a class, there's like strength in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's and and also in the name and in the sort of framing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is I'm part of this thing, so it's not like try and try again kind of formula. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I, you're the choir. We are yep. a choir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. Alyssa, thanks so much for joining us. And, oh, you're welcome. You know, this is, it's really an excellent book. Thank you so much for making it and joining us. And yeah. we'll link oh, everybody yeah. up to where they Thank can find it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Okay, bye. bye-bye. Bye. The news today is terrible, so why not forget about it while listening to Jonah Radio uh, with Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. Featuring Neil Mahoney. Also me. This is a podcast where we play music submitted by a listener. We hang out, we listen to new tunes, and uh, we take submissions at Radio R-A-Y-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Come and check us out. We're here anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here. So, and that's it. Back to your regularly scheduled uh, podcast. there. I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on and we talk in depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We're back from our break, and I just want to say, I, A, I really loved speaking with Alyssa a lot. And I, it, it's, you know, we need to be focused on how families are being affected yeah. in this country. And this is a lot of what we're talking about right now in our society. Well, and I think it's this is really interwoven into a lot of things that we talk about on the show, yeah. like with the like maternal mental health issues. Yeah. I mean, if we don't have paid time off to have a child and we have 
hospital bills from having a child, like those things alone. Yeah. I would. Th- and even without that, we can have postpartum depression yeah. or postpartum. I mean, it, it happens. But like if we don't have like some really basic supports yeah. for such a an intense, heavy time in our lives. Yeah. I mean, what does that do? Yeah, like, I mean, psychologically. How we, yeah, you know? how are we supposed to, you know, and I thought the point about, like, you know, it doesn't really matter the job, you know, corporate versus blue collar versus whatever. Those rights just aren't there in, yeah. on, across the spectrum yeah. of work. Like, that is 14%. Yeah. Is an unacceptable number. Yeah. Not being paid the same amount is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Not having supports for it's really parents. anti-human. It's very anti-human. Yeah. And then we sit here and we're like, why? You why know, is it so hard? Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yay. yay. Speaking of things that are hard, <laughs> let's listen to. Shall Shall we just monopolize the mom breakdown? Yeah. I, uh, let's listen <laughs> to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, One Bad Mother, this is a rant. It is really late at night and my kids are asleep and I'm just kind of walking around my house feeling like I'm behind in everything and the dishes and the toys and the laundry and the litter box and the yard work. And today we were at the preschool picnic and another kid's dad asked me if I've read any good books lately (laughs) and I just looked at him like he had three heads. And I used to read books, and I love reading books, but I really feel like day-to-day I'm not getting by, and it just feels shitty. Thank you for listening. You guys are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So are you. Yeah, you're doing such a good job. You really are doing a good job. And, I mean, this is like what we – this is like almost the yes. whole show today. Yes. I mean, from your – what you're dealing with, Teresa, what I'm dealing with, like what we talked about at the beginning, what we talked about with our guest, Alyssa, this is, it's so much work yeah. and struggle. And like, she only listed like a handful of the things that you know, know are going on with you right now. I know. Right? Sometimes I stand outside, I'll be bringing like the groceries into the house mm-hmm. and I'll be looking at the side of the house and like, I think about just all the house maintenance. Mm-hmm. They're like, no one does if I'm not doing it, like washing off all those spider webs and oh, like yeah. the dust, you know, yeah. like where you're like, it's got to be done. Right. Like, or at least I yeah. feel like it's got to be done. It's, I mean, you, know, you like, can't like you can argue yeah. like what if we just don't, don't do, it? do it? But like we are the ones that see it every day. Like yeah. we are the ones that live in that house. Then yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like it's the same as like people saying, just leave the dishes, just yeah. leave them. It's Eventually. like, well, no, you can't. I mean, yeah, you could do that for the night. Yeah. But you still have to do them in the morning. Yeah. You're then. still going to get there. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah. No, so like. I I completely hear you with the whole, like, it's just feeling behind. And it's not just, like, behind at work. It's not just behind at, like, your uh, relationship stuff. I hadn't written a fucking thank you note in, like, 10 years. Yeah. And my kids are only, my oldest is only eight. You know what I mean? Like, just behind. And the guilt that's associated with that Mm -hmm. and the feeling of, why am I not able to do it? I used to read books. You know, and like it's, you know, I there's we can talk about boundaries. We can talk about steps that you can take. I mean, we talk about these things when we wrestle with it on the show. So I'm not going to sit here and say 
do X, Y, and Z because this is the feeling. It's not the fixing the feeling. Yeah. It's looking at that feeling that you're sitting with. Yeah. And I think that that's a really fair feeling. And yes. it's an overwhelming feeling. Yes. And it's just full of truth. And it's not your fault. And it's not your fault. You're yeah. doing such a good job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're doing all the work. And it still sucks. Yeah. And I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah. Because you're doing a good job. Yeah. And we see you. Yeah, we do. We're looking right at you. Yep. Really. Yeah. <sighs> Teresa. Yes. What did we learn today? We learned that our children try to show us how much they care for us in a variety of ways through small gifts, small creations, not so small physical attention. And that I actually I will say this was like one of those topics I really wanted to come in and do, but I it did trigger for me a little bit that like I don't want to come in and dismiss it and be like Teresa and I try not to be those moms, right? Who are like, I don't even like the shit that they give us. Yeah. You know, like my kid's such a jerk, right? Yeah. Like because this I this art sucks. sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not about that. I mean, yeah. I I absolutely do feel the emotional touch when the, my kids bring home something. I made yeah. this for you. Sure. I, I appreciate that. That means that they were thinking of me yeah. out in the world. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I love all those things. Yeah. I just can't keep all those no. things. No. I, it's an unrealistic yeah. requirement that, you know, again, curating. Right. And none of and that's separate from what we're emotionally communicating with our children about yeah. the stuff that they're doing for so. us. Yeah. I, I think it's just remembering that yeah. and making sure no one's around when you talk about the other side of it. Oh, I didn't actually read that Marie Kondo book, but isn't there like a message in there that's something like if something is gifted to you, yeah. like you can enjoy that and like appreciate that feeling and like still let it go. Still let it like go. you're not yeah. obligated ever to get, So maybe that's like a good yeah. lesson we're teaching our kids too. That yeah. like we yeah, can so treasure to... that gifting process. Yes. Without having to feeling obligated to like be weighed down by that item. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Well, we learned so much. We're so great. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you guys are. If I could make you tea in a dirty cup and give it to you, I would. Yeah, me too. But uh, I'd make you a potion, though, to rub on your arms and legs. Yes. With all the paint and love. Yep. All in one small jar left out in the sun for several days. Yeah. The fur is how you know it's working when the mm -hmm. fur builds up on it. Right. <laughs> Barf. Right. You know it's a lie. You know, <laughs> you've made life. <laughs> Guys, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you we are. We are chugging through summer. Yep. Many people have school just around the corner yeah. for the first time or for the millionth yeah. time. Yeah. Or possibly for the last time. Oh, All the yeah. feels with that. Yeah. And you're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. You really are. Teresa? Yes. Two things I'm going to say to you. One, you're doing a really good job. Thank you. Two, I see you. Thank you. And how hard you are working. Thank you, Biz. I appreciate that. You are also doing a really great job. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.